Welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. We are one church in three locations, Pepper Pike, Ohio, South Euclid, Ohio, and Liberia, Africa. Together, we seek to widen the circle through our core values of diversity, safety, authenticity, growth, and forgiveness. To learn more about Garfield Memorial Church, visit our website at garfieldchurch.org. And now, may you be blessed and inspired by our weekly podcast of the message from the 10 a.m. Sunday morning Mosaic worship service. Garfield Memorial Church, widening the circle. Morning. Praise the Lord. Everybody stand up. Come on, stand up. I feel I feel a little crazy today. Man, we got a lot of folk at church this morning. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, so so I like to, I like the people to greet one another in Jesus' name. So so look look real fast across the room or next to you. You don't got to all the way across the room. Look at somebody look like they desperately need love. They got that look on their face like I need some love. Go and greet them. Shake a hand if they're open to that. I know we're in COVID, a fist bump or high five. Tell somebody, welcome to Garfield. Welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. Hallelujah. For those of you who don't know me, I'm named Stephen Fur, teaching pastor here. God, for those online, we welcome you. Those who are watching, there you go. Wave at somebody. Welcome them. Thank you. See somebody. Give a brother some love. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you. All right. We are here. Yeah, you go. Don't you feel better? I used to say things like, if you don't get a hug or a handshake, I'll give you $100. People start running around trying not to get hugged, you know. So, (laughs) amen. So we thank God today, and and I'm excited about what we're going to share with you today. We're still in our series, Wisecracks. And uh, today we're going to go to the book of James. And uh, it's always fun preaching this twice because when you do it once, you know how to do it twice. You know, and so uh, for, we had our, our first crack at this sermon uh, at the 9 o'clock service. Uh, I, I, I like this service because I get more time. I get run on time. Amen. <laughs> and this group was a little different. So I, I get to have a little fun with it uh, and, and kind of let my hair down. Okay. Uh, so, so, so our text uh, is, is out of the book of James, and, and I've entitled this message, Two Kinds of Wisdom. I'm going to cover uh, three points today. The first, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the fact that there are two basic types of wisdom that James talks about in his, in his uh, letter, uh, two types of wisdom, and how to identify those types of wisdom. Secondly, we're going to deal with the worldly type of wisdom or earthly wisdom and uh, why we need to be aware of that and, uh, and deal with if you have been affected as a believer, as a child of God, as a Christian, if you've been affected adversely or, or maybe if you've ingested worldly wisdom into your life. And if that's the case, my third point is how to get it out because you got to get it out of there. You, you got to get out of there. Or your witness is going to be damaged. It's going to be damaged uh, because we're, we're, whereas we're believers, uh, we're, we'll be operating in the wrong type 
of wisdom. And, and I, like I said at the first sermon, I got to confess, when I first started this, I thought it was a layup. Uh, you know, if anybody knows anything about preparing sermons, some, some texts are so plainly spoken that you can just kind of go, oh, this is easy. Yeah, read the text. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, whatever. But the more I read this thing, the more convicted I got, you know. And uh, the church I grew up in, they used to have this, what do they call a mourner's pew across the front. It's a long, singular, I don't even know how they built that thing. It ran almost the length of the church all the way across the front. And, and, and at the end of service, everything ended right there. It was the come to Jesus spot. That's the, when you knew you needed to repent. That's where you ended up. And after I got finished with this sermon, preaching to myself, that, yeah, that, it was come to Jesus, come to Jesus. It's one of them things. <laughs> I felt like laying before God for a while saying, Lord, this is me, you know. And so we probably will have a come to Jesus moment at the end of all of this. We don't have a, a bench, but your altar is your chair. Praise God. Uh, because uh, when something has gotten in you that's not like God, you need to get it out of there. You need to get it out of there. Amen. So that's, that's how this is going to go. All right. And so, so James, in, in the text, he starts with a question. I love James because he's so practical. You know, I, I, wish I, was, I wish I could meet James. When we get to glory, I'm going to be looking, you know, I know y'all say I want to see Jesus. We'll see plenty of Jesus. When I get to glory, I want to meet James because he's so practical. Like he'll say stuff like in his writing, be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own self. He didn't say it like that. I put the attitude in there. But he said, deceive in yourself. So James is practical. James is the one that says, faith without works is dead. You know, James said, I'll show, I, I don't know if you believe God by what you do. So, so James, he starts uh, this text with a question. He starts with a question. He, he says, uh, who is a wise man and endowed with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with the meekness of wisdom. So what James starts off saying is a question. Who, it really, it's almost, I don't want to say it's sarcastic, but it, it's like, who's really wise? Let him show it. Don't say it, show it. So, so James is like, no, 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 no. Don't give me blah, 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 blah. Show me. In the scriptures and when it, in the things of God in general, it's not about blah, 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 blah. The problem with theology is theology is a lot of blah, 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 blah. And nobody cares. You follow? And a lot of Christians get, no, 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 don't stay, don't stay right there. Go, mm, go back. Yeah. So a lot of people get wrapped up thinking that, that your walk with God is about, well, what do you believe about this, Steve? And what do you believe about that, Steve? And what do you believe about this, Steve? Do you believe blah, 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 blah. That's not what this is about. When you're walking in the wisdom of God, it's a lifestyle. It's what you, it's what you walk out, see? So he said, let him show out of a good conversation. The word conversation there means conduct. I know if you got the wisdom of God, I can tell by what you do. I know, I know, you know, in other words, if you had to shut your mouth for the rest of your life, could we tell by what you do that you're a wise person, by what you do? Not only is the conduct there, he says, his conversation uh, works, show out of good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom, with meekness of wisdom. So not only is it the conduct, it's the attitude that goes with it. It's the attitude that goes with it. 
we've gotten we've gotten into this place where where we're celebrate we, we celebrate the crassness of people. We think that makes him a good person. You know, yeah, boy, he really told them. No, he's a jerk. Did I say jerk and jerk? We celebrate jerk preachers. He's a jerk. Mean, nasty acting. Okay, I'm sorry. And then it goes on to say, but James says, but, but if you have bitterness and strife in your heart, don't glory in that and don't lie against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above. So then this is where he gets in. Now we can go to the next one. This is where he gets into the two types of wisdom. There's two kinds of wisdom. The, the first kind, right, the wisdom descendeth not, here are the two kinds, but if you have bitterness and envy and strife in your heart, Glory not, don't lie against the truth. This wisdom, this is the first kind, is not from above, but it's earthly, sensual, devilish. And one, one translation says it's demonic. You need to know that there's a wisdom at, 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 uh, at work in the earth that is this. It's earthly, sensual, it's demonic. For where envy and strife is, there's confusion and every evil work. Now, now, it's easy for us church folks to say, oh, well, no, I would never <laughs> deal here. But, it, but this is a tricky statement because it says there's confusion in every evil work. Now, if we would bring that into everyday language, this is the kind of earthly wisdom that is the double-dealing, slick-talking, deflecting kind of stuff. It's the throw the rock and hide your hand stuff. It's the not me, but me, yes, me, not me, but me, yes, me, not me, but you, but me kind of talk. I did it, but no, I really didn't do it, but everybody else was doing it, so why can't I do it? And what are we talking about anyway kind of stuff? It's the double talk, the slick talk, shucking and jiving, the kind of stuff that we've gotten used to watching and listening to. We've gotten used to people doing that, and we accept it. And we really should disqualify them the moment they start talking. Disqualify. I asked you a straight question and you went left. That's a problem. I shared today that I have grandchildren. I have actually nine grandchildren. Seven of them are beautiful little girls. Pray my strength in the Lord. One of my baby girls, and she's cute as button. But she has the devil. <laughs> she does. She does. I mean, God is in there too. God is in there. But she yields sometimes to this. Now, to show you how it's innocent, because we're all susceptible to this, is the point. So when she does something wrong, and I say, why did you do that to your sister? She always says, yeah, pop, pop, but Mia. And she starts talking about her sister. I say, stop. Have a time. No, I don't. I say, I just had to put that. I say, stop. I said, wait, no, 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 we're not, no, no. And I'm trying to help her. No, we're not doing that. We're not talking about what she, I, I'm talking to you about what you did. Now listen to what I'm getting at, and I can move to my next point. All of the activity that's going on in her, that's, that, that's causing her to deflect 
move, shift out of the way and move out of the light of accountability to shift all of that to her sister to justify her action is this. You with me? It's this. Yeah. So what I have to do is no, 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 no. Like the old folk used to say in marriage counseling, because old folk didn't marriage counsel. Baby, you made that bed. You need lie in it. And you start talking about your wife, she not here. Son, she not here. What you talking about your wife for? I asked you what you did. She not here. Some of y'all don't understand that kind of logic, right? It's, it's, some of y'all mad right now. See, but no, we're going to talk about why she don't trust me. You ain't trustworthy, boy. Okay, all right, whatever. Yeah. I don't, y'all don't get it. Two kinds of wisdom. So, so, okay, so there's this, that kind. Then there's a wisdom from above, which is first pure, then it's peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, and without hypocrisy. So you have the, the, the wisdom that is from the earth, do you have wisdom that comes from God? Listen to this about the wisdom from above. I like the way the Amplified says it. I may have put that in there. Let's, let's see. Go to the next one. No, that's not it. Okay. All right. All right. So the wisdom which is from above, I'll just read it. The wisdom which is from above is first pure, and the Amplified says it's morally and spiritually undefiled, it's peace-loving, which means it's courteous, considerate, gentle, it's reasonable, it's willing to listen, full of compassion and good fruits, it's unwavering without uh, hypocrisy. So the wisdom from above, you can discuss things. See, the wisdom of God is not rigid. We can talk about things. We can even disagree. You know, so, so watch this. Now watch this. This is the difference. Earthly wisdom, sometimes you have earthly wisdom that's wrapped up in a spiritual package. And it sounds godly, but, but, but up under it is envy and strife. This is how it goes. So let's say, let's take an issue that, that's quick to divide the room. Let's have a little fun. I'm having fun up here. I'm going to have some fun. Let's take the abortion issue. <laughs> yeah, let's take that. So, so when someone says to you, what I believe, it should be the choice of the woman to decide with her body if she chooses to have an abortion, okay? Now, another person would know, I, I just think that, that abortion is a horrible act, and it's not of God, and it's murder. Now, I'll show you how the two would work. If a person is a Christian, right, you're going to get offended. It's okay. We can talk. This is what you do. Well, well, the Bible says this, this, it's, it's not of God, you know, and you can wrap that, and then when you become unwilling to talk and reason and still walk in love towards them, you're actually operating in a worldly wisdom. Because the wisdom of God would still have you preserve the person, separate them from their thinking, and preserve the value of the person so that they can ultimately get to God. Oh, you don't got to agree with me. I'm right. <laughs> you don't got to agree. The wisdom of the world wrapping religious talk, you're so busy 
Watch this. You're so busy being offended by their, <laughs> this is so funny. It, I just thought of it. It's funny to me. I'll use me. I'm so busy, me, I'm so busy being offended by their sin, which has nothing to do with me, that I can't talk to them anymore. I'm so, me, sinful me, 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 me. I'm so busy being offended by their sin that I can't talk to who God will talk to. What? That is religious lingo wrapped inside of world wisdom. What the wisdom of God would say is, I disagree with you on that. I still believe what the word of God is this, this, and this. But okay. And you pray for them and give them to God. Because it really ain't got nothing to do with you. And when you go to the polls, vote your conscience. Vote, well, I, I still vote against it. But I can still love you. Now, Pastor Fred, why do you think that? Because that's what God did with you. He looked beyond your faults and saw your need. That God separated you from your sin because you're valuable and the sin is the problem. So, okay, I'm preaching. Okay, all right, let me move on. Thank you. Are you being affected by earthly wisdom? Well, this is how we find out if we're being affected by earthly wisdom. Now, I have to admit, this is where I had to do some repenting, because I was. Because, again, I like to tell on myself, that way if I'm talking about me, you can't get too offended because I'm talking about me. I grew up in a legalistic world, so everything was a sin. You, some of y'all blessed. Y'all didn't grow up in that background. Y'all blessed. Y'all should be so happy right now. Y'all so blessed. I grew up in a background where everything was a sin. Every single thing was a sin. Everything was a sin. I'm telling you, sister, everything was a sin. Like I see this young lady sitting here, beautiful young lady. You know, like I, like I see her elbows, you would be going straight to hell because I see your elbows. Straight, your toes are out. <laughs> hell. I see your knees. Hell. Hell. Hell has a place. Hell has enlarged her mouth for you. I mean, everything was sending us to hell. And I had to get that, I, I, had, to, I had to get that, I, I had, that had to get out of me. And it took some time to get that out of me. So these questions help you get that. So uh, what's happening in your heart? So how to know if you're being affected by earthly wisdom? It was earthly wisdom wrapped in spiritual lingo. Uh, what's happening in your heart? So when James says, if you have bitter envy in your heart, so the way you deal with this is check your heart, not your words. Because we all know how to say the words. Because we're church people. Okay, say the words. What's happening in your heart? Towards others who don't share your values or opinions. What's happening in your heart? What's happening in your heart with others who are immoral, unethical, and seem to get away with it? What's happening, say it, in your heart? What's See, there you go, man, you preaching at me. What's happening in my heart? What's happening in my heart towards others who have way 
way more than I do. I don't mean I drive a Buick and they drive a Ford. I mean they got way more. I remember when the first time I went down to Boca Raton, Florida. Anybody been down to Boca? Whoo! First, I was impressed with the wealth. Then I got jealous. <laughs> I said, wow, look at that house, man. Wow, ooh, look at that house. Wow, look at that house. Man, look at that house. Don't make no sense nobody should be able to live like that while I live out. <laughs> Must be a drug dealer. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe they just... <laughs> Help me, Jesus. What's happening in your heart towards those who have way less than you? The poor, what label have you put on them? You don't know their situation, right? What labels are you using on people that God does not use? Huh. All right. So these are just tools to help you Determine if, the, if this earthly wisdom is operating in your heart. Wow. Amen? Watch this. Is your attitude an inward disposition? This is a tricky statement. Is your attitude an inward disposition towards others? modeled after Christ's attitude and disposition towards you. Inward. I'm talking about what's happening in us because that's what God is really looking at. It'll take a minute for the behavior to catch up with the heart, but it's an inside job. Glory to God. Salvation is an inside job. Glory to God. Because once God changed my heart and he changed my mind, then the behavior changed all by itself. Behavior is always a fruit. That's why I was so ignorant to preach to behaviors. Because people can modify the behavior. It never changed their heart. So, so, you know, where I came from, you don't have to wear dresses. They, you know, women wearing pants is going straight to hell. I told you everything, people going to hell. You going to hell wearing pants. Really? <laughs> Y'all so blessed. Y'all just don't know. <laughs> you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed. You know, well, you know, and then somebody said, well, she just is sexy in that long dress. She's covering up everything she ironed in pants. Now you're going to hell. See what I mean? That's a, I can lust after a woman in a bag. If she's wearing a bag, I, my imagination, well, boy, she sure is wearing that bag. <laughs> Ooh, that's a sexy bag. Sexy brown bag. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. I hope I have a job when this is over. I'm just <laughs> you know, it's because, you know, the flesh is the flesh. See? And so, so, so the, the, the measure is the heart. It's the heart. So is your attitude and inward disposition towards others modeled after Christ's attitude towards you? Watch this. This, this is what the Scripture says. Uh, in Ephesians 5... One and two, this is the Amplified Version. Therefore, be imitators of God. Copy him. Follow his example. As well-beloved children, imitate 
as, as well be to imitate their father, walk continually in love. That is, value one another, practice empathy and compassion, unselfishly seeking the best for others, just as Christ loved you and gave himself up for us in offering and a sacrifice to God, slain for you, so that it became a sweet-smelling fragrance. Other words, love others like Christ loved you. That's the measure. That's what we aspire to, to respond to people like God does. That's the measure. That's the, that's the target. That's what we're shooting for. And so what the wisdom of God does is the wisdom from above is moving us towards that. And anything short of that, by default, is the wisdom of the world. Amen. So what if I find out, like I did, <laughs> Lord... I got some junk and I got some stuff in me that just ain't right. You know, this is where the old church songs work. And we don't got good new church songs that do what these old church songs don't do. We used to sing this song. Shine on me. Shine on me. Remember that song? And you stretch out on that one. That's when you stretch out on the altar. You know, we need some of that shine on me right now. Because the light of heaven shines on us. And I realize I need, it, I need the light of heaven to shine on me because I'm seeing some stuff in me that's not right. Now, that, this is not a bad thing. It's when the Holy Spirit shows you, man, that attitude is jacked up. Oh, that's terrible. Don't run from that uncomfortable feeling. Because you can't change what you like. So the Holy Spirit will make you not like it. He'll make you say, oh, that's just terrible. That's, that's not me. That's why you, look, that's why you give your, your children a stank face when they do something stanky. Mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm -mm. Mm -mm -mm -mm. See? Now, you got people thinking, oh, don't do that. That's the wrong thing to do. The whole, God would never do that to me. Oh, yes, he will. Because the Holy Spirit will let you know what sin is. So what do you do when the Holy Spirit lets you know? Other words, how to get free from earthly wisdom. Let's go. Being set free from ESD. <laughs> I'm clever. Thank you. <laughs> earthly, earthly wisdom. It's a process. Confess it. You know, I, I marvel at this because this is some old school stuff. This never, there are no schools, by the way. The Bible is just the Bible. A lot of people are trying to walk with God, but we don't know because we don't teach the word. I'm just going to teach you something. For some people, it's a refresher. Other folk, it's a revelation. When you sense and the Holy Spirit shows you there's an attitude in me or a thing I'm practicing that's not right, how do I Get it out. How do I? It's not about you being your best you. Stop that. It's not, I'm going to be my best you, the best version of myself. That didn't know. You don't need to be a best version of yourself. You need to crucify yourself. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live not yet I, but Christ who lived me. The life which I now live, I live by the, by, by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Christ is living through you. It's not about being your best you. It's about getting out of you what shouldn't be in you. This is how you do it. 
First thing you do, when you realize this is wrong, confess the sin. I love this. If we say we have no sin, you lying? No, it didn't say that. New Black American Version. If you say you have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So let's get over that. You have them. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us. So how do you get it out? If you find an attitude in yourself towards others or whatever in that list and the Holy Spirit said, yeah, that's you. What do you do? You confess it. And all confess means just agree. Like the Lord said, man, that's jacked up. You know what you should say? Yeah, man, that's jacked up. You know, when God's convicting us of sin, he's not trying to hurt you. We're just identifying what needs to go. It's marked for death. You get to go. Oprah say, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. Holy Spirit comes into your life. And there's some things in you that's killing you because sin kills. The Holy Spirit is saying, it goes, this goes, and this goes. You should go, you should go to shouting. Even though it's difficult, you should begin praising God because this dirty thing in your life goes, and that dirty thing in your life goes, and that destructive thing in your life goes, and that broken thing in your life goes. Agree with God. When he says it needs to go, say, yes, it needs to go. Don't be like my granddaughter, as cute as she is, saying, but Mia, no, it's not Mia. No, it's Mia, Lord. Oh, Mia, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, oh, Lord. It's Say, yeah, it's Mia. It's Mia. <laughs> Confess it. Yes, Lord, it's me. I got some junk in my trunk. As much as I love my great pastors and great preachers that I held in high esteem, they was off on that, Pastor Chip. They was off. It was wrong. All that mean preaching, mean at people, nasty. <laughs> they talk in tongues but wouldn't talk to each other. What is that? I don't know if they're talking to God or just babble talking. I don't know. Okay. Confess it. Everybody say confess it. Next thing. Understand what sin is. Sin means to miss the mark. Watch this. It's like an archer missing a target. This is what delivered me, Pastor Chip. This is what delivered me. The first time I shot a bow and arrow, you know, I didn't pull the string back far enough. So the, the arrow went short of the target. That's a miss. The second time I pulled the bow back real far, the aim was off. The arrow went over the target. That's a miss. The next time I shot the thing, it went, it hit the, 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 the target, but it didn't hit the inside. It was still a miss. Every effort never quite got there. No matter how you miss, a miss is a miss. So whether you grew up in church and you think your stuff don't stink, that's a miss. If you're very religious, but that's not the righteousness of God, that's a miss. If you tore up from the flow up, amen, and you just got some last night and you need to repent, that's a miss. A miss is a miss. You need the righteousness of God regardless of how close you are. A miss is a miss. A miss is a miss. It's a miss. And when, when the Holy Spirit says it's a miss, just say, I missed. Just agree. Y'all good? See, we used to think because I grew up in church, my misses are different than your misses. No, it's a miss. It's sin. You know? In the context of our faith, the target is the righteousness of God, which in our own strength, we can never reach. 
When we believe on Christ, we are accepted by God and on the account of his righteousness. Praise God. Let's go to the next one. Present yourself to God. So confess it. Present yourself to God. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. I know this is a, a kind of one, two, three, but sometimes you need a one, two, three. You just need to know what to do. I confess it and present yourself to God. What the Holy Spirit will help you do is see the mouthpiece of the information that you're getting. That's the wisdom of the world. That's coming to you through mouthpieces and ear gates and eye gates. Watch this. Go to that next text and see if I put it in there. Know ye not, watch this. Now, this is written to believers. This is not written to the world. Know ye not to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey. His servants ye are whom you obey, whether of sin to death or obedience to righteousness. See, you have to yield your members to stuff. So a lot of times as believers, even though you love the Lord, you love Jesus, you're listening to stuff that's just the wrong information. See, you're, you're, you're receiving information about poor folks. That's not, that's not God's heart. So, so you say something, the filthy rich. Why they got to be filthy? Why you, why you think all rich people are filthy rich? They're not filthy rich. Some people worked hard. They're in a good field. They're in the right place, right time, good industry. They didn't lie to nobody. They didn't steal from nobody. They're just blessed. Y'all, see, some of y'all, uh-huh, I'm in the right house. I'm in the right house. Why you got to call them filthy rich? And then use all the, and then use the scriptures about wealth as hammer scriptures on the wealthy people. That's not right. And how I feel about the poor people. Why, why you become a, why you listen to the talking heads on TV talking about poor people? Pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Who made your boots? Who made your boots? I don't know exactly. The poor people did. Over in Taiwan somewhere in a sweatshop, you bought them for two fifty. They paid them $0.75. Cent. Uh, don't get mad because I told you the truth. You see, our values are being informed by something. And sometimes the Holy Spirit has got to let you see what you're yielding yourself to that's giving you the wrong data. So when you get set free, you have to know what you're yielding yourself to. Does that make sense to you? Sometimes you need to change the channel. Turn it off. Never listen to them again because they're lying. I live in Cleveland Heights. Anybody else in here live in Cleveland Heights? Woo-woo! Boy, they just beat the tar to somebody in football the other day. Watch this. Cleveland Heights is one of the most diverse communities ever. My, all of my sons graduated from Cleveland Heights. Diverse, Right? If you listen to the news, you would think that, that gay people, people who are part of the LBTQ community is chasing people around, trying to make people gay. You would think that black people mad at white people. You would think that, that, that the Jewish people, you think everybody mad at each other. Ain't none of that going on. People wake up every day, go to work, go to school, try to take care of their kids, get a job, pay bills. People are just living. But if you listen to the talking heads, you would think that there's mayhem going on. Christians who are supposed to have the spirit of truth. See, the Holy Spirit, now I can say it to you, you can disagree with me all day. But when the Holy Spirit will show you and tell you that some things you just need to turn off. 
and let the truth of God come in. Okay, let me finish because y'all giving me that. Don't, y'all look at me with a tone of voice I don't like. Okay, here we go. And finally, <laughs> renew your mind. And that's the final piece. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, changed by the renew, not removing of your mind. Don't remove it. Renew your mind. Get new data. Get new data. I got to share this story. I'm over time, but it's necessary time. I used to have a real problem because I grew up in people who verbally, from the pulpit, bashed gay men in particular. And when I grew up, lesbianism was not as prominent, but gay men in particular. So I was running a revival uh, at, a, at a church, and a young man named Corey, Corey McCoy, came to the altar, received Christ, pouring his heart out before the Lord, and, and uh, as they would say it today, he was part of that community, pouring his heart out before the Lord. And so I was being kind of standoffish, well, bless him, Jesus, help him, God, whatever. I was that way. Well... If anybody met my wife, Beverly, is Beverly here, by the way? So if, if anybody met my wife, Beverly, Beverly has the most loving, warm spirit on the planet. Like, Beverly loves everything. Like, everybody, Be- Beverly loves people so much it's sickening. It just makes me sick, you know, because I'm all, like, trying to be preacherly, and Beverly, like, love everybody. Like, she just, like, like, she has the gift of loving people. That's just her gift. So Corey met Beverly, and Beverly just became, like, Corey's, mother slash auntie slash whatever. So I come home from work one day, and guess who's sitting in my house? Corey. Now here I am, man of God extraordinaire, because I was a hot young preacher there, Chip. I was a hot young preacher. Hot young preacher. And I had three sons. So I'm falling to all these stereotypes. I can't hear that gay man hang around my boys. It's going to wear off on them. Y'all show is quiet. Now, you, now watch this. I ain't going to go through the whole story, but watch this. Do you see what God was doing for me? You see what God was doing for me? Not to me. He was doing something for me. I didn't feel that way at the time. Because, boy, Corey would come over flaming, as they used to call it back in the day. In Toledo, that's what they call it. I know that there's negative connotations to that, but in Toledo, with flaming in Toledo is like when a gay man would really be looking. He had, his hair was in a flip. Y'all remember the little? Y'all remember the flip? Where the, he, and he was he was darker than me, and I'm dark. He was dark. He was bigotly black. He was purple. He was so black. He was blue. All right, he was black, and he came with, with had on he had blue eyes. He put in them blue contact things, and he had on those little pump shoes. And he came to my house like flaming. I'm like, boy, if you ever come to my house like that again, I'm gonna hit you in your chest, and I'm gonna put my fist on your chest. You ever come? I mean, so I was just mean. In Jesus' name. Then one day, he said, I'm going to use his voice. I'm not mocking him. Pastor Fire. I said, what? You take me to the store? I'm like, and the Holy Ghost made me say yes. I said, yes. <laughs> we went to the store. We walk in the aisles, and everybody sees me with Corey. Now, Corey was one of the famous gay men in Toledo. Other words, everybody knew Corey. 
everybody knew me. So by association, they're thinking either Corey done got straight or fur done came out the closet. Y'all still listening? And I'm having all kinds of problems with this. And I'm talking to God. I said, God, I can't be seen with him. And Chip, Pastor Chip, like I'm talking to you, the Lord says, I'm not ashamed to be seen with you. Long story short, when we moved here in 1998 and 1999, Corey died of AIDS at age 34. But he died of AIDS knowing the Lord. (laughs) And he died, my brother, in the Lord, battling the whole way (laughs) with his little feminine self. (laughs) <laughs> I love that boy. See, God, if you, if you follow it, he took me through those steps. I confess it as sin. Lord, that's the wrong attitude towards him. And the Lord renewed my mind with his word, showed me. And when he showed me, through the information of the word, see, and all those labels, flaming, gay, all the things he identified himself as, God didn't identify him that way, and neither did I. Now, some of you may be sitting there, and I'm 10 minutes over, but I don't care. You be sitting there and going, you know what, Pastor Fur? The Holy Spirit right now is showing me some things, and I need to, I want to, I, I need to get, I need, I need to get them out. I need to get this fixed. And I want everybody to stand up. Come on, stand up with me. We're going to pray. I'm going to old school y'all now. We ain't got no pew, but your chair is your pew. Because see, some things can't wait for you to go home. You just need to respond to the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit's moving on you. Because God loves you so much that he needs you free. You don't need the wisdom of this world working in you and diminishing you and diminishing your witness. Because what's happening is your greatest testimony is what you say when you're not talking. Your greatest testimony is what's coming through you when you're not saying a word. Because people feel you. My God, they feel you. If you really don't like somebody, you could even be smiling at them. Brother, they feel you. You only got five senses, said the dodo bird to the other dodo bird. (laughs) You probably got 25 senses. You can tell when someone don't like you. You can feel it. And guess what? When people had a love of God and they're walking in the peace of God, they can feel it. And when the wrong stuff is working in you, child of God, people feel it. And when our mouths talk about Jesus, but our hearts got something else different, it's a confusing message. But you can get free today. This is a message for the the house of God. It starts with saying, Lord, I see it. 
I confess it, I turn from it. Here I am, God. We used to sing a song in our praise and worship team back when I still had a voice. I didn't yelled it out today, but the song said, make me like you, Lord. Make me like you. You are a servant. Make me one too. Lord, I am willing. Do what you must do to make me like you, Lord. Make me like you. Father, we thank you for your word today. A challenging word. A purging word but yet an encouraging word. If we have found things in our lives that don't measure up and the precious Holy Spirit has brought us to see this needs to go, this attitude needs to go, this way of thinking needs to go, we just agree, yes, Lord, it needs to go. It needs to go. Let me love like you love. Let me love people like you love. Let me walk as you would call us to walk, to walk in love towards all, to walk, to follow peace with all men. So, Father, now we confess our sins to you. We confess them. We acknowledge them. And we turn to you now. Prepare us to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. And with thanksgiving, we will be living sanctuaries for you. Bless this house, this ministry, these leaders, these people who stand before you today. And if there's one in this place who don't know you today as Lord and Savior, I pray that this day they would pray that prayer. Lord, I give you my life right now in Jesus' name. Let every glad heart say amen Amen. and amen.